people just think it's hiring and firing and they don't know all the stuff that we do. So it was establishing that persona and then figuring out well, what does your client intake process look like? You know, if, when you have that initial meeting, what are you looking to overview with them? How are you going to get the information so then you can tell them what solutions they need based on products that you offer? I'm Raphael. I'm Cecil. Welcome to Family Man Building the Brand, the podcast that explores what it means to be a father, husband, and a businessman. Join us as we talk to entrepreneurs that are winning at home and in business. Join us as we talk about their journeys, family life, and tips for success. What's up, family? Welcome to another episode of the Family Man Building a Brand podcast. So today we have a special guest and his name is Brandon Nelson. Let me tell you a little bit more about Brandon and we're going to get into it. Brandon has an MBA and is an HR executive with more than 15 years of experience in all things human resources from HRIS technologies, business and organization development. He works with startups, margins and acquisitions, leader development and training, and he does this both domestically and internationally to name a few. Brandon is the founder of BN the HR Guy, a human resource consulting firm that specializes in HR support for growing businesses. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Of course, yeah, and I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No doubt, man. We appreciate you. So welcome to the show. I know our roots go deep from, I mean, over 15 years to LA from when we started yeah. the brand Royal Dynamite. We've done a lot of things. You've invited us to a lot of networking events. And here we are today, fast forward 15 years in the future. It's good to see us all doing good things and doing big things and good to see what you've grown your business into. Because I know from when we met you, you've always been in the HR team. Yeah, for real. Yeah. I'm going to say something about that later on for people listening to this when it comes to something I take a lot of pride in, but tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and what you do and who you are. Thank you, man. Well, again, Brandon Nelson, now known as being the HR guy, but I've been in the HR space for a minute now. And I've grown from starting in recruitment to doing everything I could get my hands on HR wise, but doing a lot of relationship building. And during the pandemic, I was given an opportunity to pivot where I would be able to continue to pursue, you know, an HR career in the corporate world or go off and do my own thing. So I said a prayer, God, if you close this door, then I know this is the one I should walk through. And he literally just laid an infrastructure for me to pursue being the HR guy full time. So I'm getting ready to celebrate my second year anniversary of being 100% independent. Kudos. July go. 1st, bro. Let's go. We celebrate that, sir. Sir, exactly. Celebrate that. Thank you. Of course, man. Now, Brandon, man, and for the listeners listening in, I may slip up and call him B sometimes. That's just to show the familiarity. Yeah, man. But you know, and the familiarity it shows consistency in this. And Brandon, you've been consistent in this lane for so long. Ever since we've known you, you weren't the type to pivot and try anything else or try anything else in addition to this, you know, it seems like obviously HR is a raw passion or maybe some aspect of HR is a raw passion. So I'm curious to know, what was your childhood like? What is a memory from then that you feel may have may have influenced this lane that you've came, come into and taken over in a sense? Got you. So- I always say HR found me, bro, because literally in undergrad at San Diego State, I was a marketing major. So I'm a creative. I wanted to design campaigns and commercials and such. But 
somehow I always worked in HR. Every job I've always had an HR element to it. And so when I graduated from undergrad, those doors just weren't opening. Everything was sales based. And I'm just, I'm not a salesperson. If you don't want it, then cool. I'm walking away. I'm not going to keep, I'm going to beat you over the head with it. And so then I was like, you know what? Let me go back to the drawing board. I knew I wanted to get my MBA. And there was all of these different emphasis that I could select. And there was the HR bucket. And so I just connected the two together. I was already working as an HR assistant the entire time I was in undergrad. So I pursued that. And I felt like once I made that official connection, that's when the doors open and my HR career just flourished from there. Like literally from all of the positions I got, it was just going back to back from that point. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, it's interesting, but and I'll say what I was going to say earlier that one of the things I've been preaching to entrepreneurs now is in today's world, the world that we live in, people used to say, have a skill, like you get your skill and need like, okay, skills, skills. But I mean, if you take doctors, lawyers, especially successful ones, they honed in on that skill. And, and for you, that's exactly what you've done for over 15 plus years. You've honed in on the skill of, I mean, your skill is human resources. And as you and I were talking before we turned this on, it's like, I say it's the most difficult resource to manage. And for you having continued honing your skill, it makes the transition easier when you become a full-time entrepreneur because you have a skill that is almost like second nature. You wake up, they ask you questions, you can start spitting them up. And it's very important for many entrepreneurs to understand that if you want to succeed at entrepreneurship, whatever you choose to do, make sure it's something you love or passionate about, but it's a skill you really become very good at. And that's what right. you've done. So kudos to you for that, man. Exactly, right. man. Yes. And, you know, my end, you know, especially well, once I really got into franchising, that's when I realized that HR was such a critical component to things. It was critical to the operations. It was critical to every aspect especially when you have labor laws and you're dealing with all other types of laws and ordinances that must be adhered to. So B, Brandon, tell me, you know, why HR and why do you push, why do you push this aspect of what you do on a daily basis? What makes you think that the world needs this? Why is it so important? Why did you feel like now is the time to consult on HR and did you really see during that period in time that it was definitely a necessary thing that was lacking in our community, our communities all across the board? So when I first started my career, something I'm a big advocate of is planning. So this was always my end game. However, I feel like the pandemic kind of just expedited that plan a little sooner than I would have wanted it to. Because I always picture myself of being a consultant business owner at the age of 40. I'm only 38 now, so I'm definitely a little earlier than I anticipated. But I always went in knowing that this is something that's always going to be essential to a business. Because as I was telling Cecil before we started recording, when you're in HR, you understand all of the elements of the business. It's just like being in an emergency room. You see all of the different injuries. You understand all of the different dynamics that's going on. And it's the same thing when you're in HR as a business partner in the business. You know how it works. You know what motivates employees to be able to get to the specific goals and such. So it's really a science of being able to put together these ultimate plans, but then also being able to influence and coach the business owners and the decision makers on how to keep that thing trending in the right direction. 
So for me, this was always something I knew I was going to do. So as the pandemic happened and I started to see this huge explosion of entrepreneurial excellence, that was one lane where I'm a big advocate of helping small business owners establish their foundations and getting all of those things in order. But then I also seen how it literally what's the right word? It like devastated businesses that we've known for decades that we know are successful, but the way of doing business, they weren't ready for that pandemic. And it was HR that literally worked 24 seven to put together new protocols so that they knew exactly how to handle their employees, to set up remote working situations, to make sure you were in compliance with all of these new stay home efforts and different ordinances and such. So I feel like for me, HR is always we always tap in when it's time to tap in. So this was the time to ultimately right. tap <laughs> in and let people know that there's a solution to this. And I got you. Yep. yep. Man, dope. That makes Real. a lot of sense. Because I think exactly. I, as I, I we were saying this, I mean, I think as people start businesses, there's so many different elements to starting a business. I mean, when you, as an entrepreneur, you wear many hats, but as you grow, you have to I mean, like Ralph said, you learn about HR, you learn about your accounting, your, your finance and all that stuff. What would you say for you transitioning? I mean, because we talked a little bit about your transition from the, the corporate world in, into how you started your own business. What would you say has been the number one characteristic that's led to your success? Consistency, for sure. But being able to be, and I would say thoroughness. And the reason I say that is because when I'm partnering with a client, I want to know everything it is that you're setting out to do, because first and foremost, I'm going to identify the gaps, but I'm also going to help you to, I think everybody is big dreamers and I don't think that's a bad thing, but when it comes to business and establishing it correctly, we have to think realistically. So if you have goals that you're trying to set up, we might have to phase those out. So when I first sit down with someone, I'm very thorough. I have a very intricate questionnaire process. I want to know what your employee headcount is. What is your revenue? What are you trying to accomplish in three years? What is your current infrastructure? What systems are you using? That way I can see what we're working with, what it is you're trying to attain. And then I'll put the pieces together to show you that this is what we can do now. And this is what we'll work towards. But I think that the biggest thing that I see a lot of business owners doing is they're trying to gas and go from zero to a hundred right away which I love. Success loves speed. I 100% agree with that statement, but it's also sustainability in there too. And I think when you move too fast, you skip steps and then it just creates problems later. So my thoroughness helps business owners to really be able to set it up the right way so that you have a solid foundation. Man, it makes makes a lot of sense. Like you said, I think it goes again to the treats of you build a skill, but you need consistency. You need thoroughness because if you pay attention to these things, you, I mean, like you say, success needs speed, but at the same time, you have to take your time to, I mean, there's always a saying like, what, fire, higher, slow and fire fast, especially in business or whatever, because at the end of the day, there is like a burn rate, which employees cost. I mean, it's just like real estate or any other thing. You hire somebody, there's resources, there's time, but then there's a lot of resources to set them up. I mean, in an HR system to set them up with a computer system, set them up with so many different things that if you make a mistake, it's going to cost you something. So I think for all of us who've been in the corporate world, we've gotten to see how HR works and the importance of it. I mean, it's like a linchpin to the growth of any organization or from going from 
entrepreneurial to solidifying yourself as a formidable business. So it makes a lot of sense. So one of the things I wanted us to kind of go do is we is normally we start with family, but let's go into that a little bit, especially you haven't explained how you transitioned from corporate to entrepreneurship. How does that affect your family dynamics? And I know we talked about, so just give a little about, tell us a little bit about your family, because I think people need context to know when I say family, you might think like, well, this or that. We talked about something which we'll touch on, but how does this, how does this affect your familiar responsibilities being that now you are a full-time entrepreneur? What are the risks or all the things involved in, in, yeah. in juggling that? How, how was yeah. that transition? Yeah. So again, I'm a planner, so it was very calculated. So before I decided to uproot myself and leave the corporate world, I had a number spreadsheet where I was breaking it down. My family, we operate off of a certain budget where I know to the extent of what it takes to afford our lifestyle that we have been accustomed to living and the extras that we want to add in. So my wife and I, we started having this conversation maybe three to four years ago before I even put anything into action. But what we did is I had that number. So I knew what it was that we needed to minimally meet. So as I started to gather clientele, I was doing that simultaneously while still running being head of HR in the cannabis world, especially because it was a pandemic. I was working remotely. I was able to tackle everything without missing a beat. And so once I realized that, hey, I'm actually earning more as an entrepreneur than I am in the corporate world, the corporate world was actually holding me back in a sense. So wifey and I had a conversation. It was like, hey, I'm going to do this transition, but I'm going to give my company an opportunity to kind of save themselves. So I had a conversation with the CEO of my company at the time, and we were going through a bunch of transitions. We had just done this huge merger and acquisition, and I was in the trenches of it with them, doing a lot of analysis, making sure that we weren't having duplicate efforts when it came to capital and different resources. So I let them know at this point, we're in the pandemic. We just had my son six months early. He was a NICU baby. So there was a lot of red tape around us. We couldn't be around people. I had to be very cautious of what I was, you know, exposing my family to. So at this time, it was the push to return to work. And so I'm letting them know, yo, I'm holding it down. You have not missed a beat. We've bought 15 companies during this pandemic and I was at the helm of it. And so I let them know I need to work remotely for the next year until I get medical clearance for my son. The CEO was like, oh, well, you know, we need boots on the ground. We need HR to be here. Say less. I got you. I'm going to give you a better. I'm going to give you six months. You're going to severance me out. I'm going to hire my replacement. I'm going to train them and then I'm going to move on. And so for me, I was able to negotiate put all of those things into place so that when I left, I had a cushion. Although I was already making my minimum as a consultant, I didn't have to touch that money for six months. So it really set the, you know, it set me up to be able to make that transition. And for my wife, be a stay at home mom who, you know, depends on me. That was a safe haven. And I think a comfort level that really worked in her favor. She's like, we don't have to worry about nothing. And she hasn't had to worry about anything since I made that transition. Life hasn't changed. If anything, it's just enhanced. Right, man. You, you, you are a platter boy. Yeah, I, yeah, it's funny as you were saying things. I'm like, are you an accountant or are you an HR person? Because <laughs> hey, like, hey, HR, we tackle all aspects I, of I'll business. I feel you, bro. though. I'll see. We you know it all. I'll see you, though, Brent. 
Yep. I hey, you got it. I mean, you got to know that budget to the T. I mean, I like that because I mean, from yeah. a personal finance standpoint, I always tell people entrepreneurs got to know their money personally before they even get to know the money on the business side. Because if right. you don't know the personal finances, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. hey, no, 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 Brad, man. I know, Brandon, one, one of the things that made your transition one one of the things that made it smoother as you went along in that this new lane that you're you know you're striving in was your network. Tell me, how has your network yeah. changed or remained the same, and how has that helped you within this new lifestyle, this new role that you've cho- you know chosen to take up? So I would say it definitely has enhanced, but the network that I had prior to being an entrepreneur, I feel like that hasn't changed any. So all of my contacts from the corporate world, those are my biggest referral sources. You know, the okay. moment that all of the different recruiters and headhunters found out that I was on my own, they're like, hey, I loved working with you. I love the company you supported, but it was really you that kept me there. So they brought that business my way. So I've been able to do great things for different companies and they hit me all the time like, hey, do you do this? Is this something you can handle? So on that end, I feel like because I'm a big nurturer of relationships and I connect with people just on a genuine level, that has really helped me to to get business and to have that sustained in that realm. But I'll say going into this, you know, entrepreneurial lane, connecting with different people in that world, you know, big entrepreneurs like Marcus Barney. I've been able to work with like Neil Davis and now Earn Your Leisure. That has just been like life changing because it's a new lane of business. And I love the fact that it's people that look like me that are taking this thing to a whole different level. And I'm able to take all of that corporate experience and lend it to them so that they can succeed and excel. Right. Right. Man, that's big. I mean, I think uh, you talked about this. It's like by moving in in, like in in both worlds. I mean, it's important that you mentioned you are a planner. People coming from the corporate world looking to transition into entrepreneurship, they need to plan their lives, but they need to understand that. I always tell people your job is your first investment or investor, like not just financial, but also your network. So that guy in the computer department could be your new IT guy and your new company developing your website. That accountant in the department could teach you a thing or two of how you need to set up your QuickBooks and stuff. That HR department person could now tell you like, yo, I know you're starting your one man show, but this is what you need to do to take yourself up until you get to a point where you need to expand and hey, you can hit me up or this is what you need to do. So we need to make sure we keep that and you kept that and that spilled over into entrepreneurship and has really helped you get to where you need to get to. But I know this is something same along those lines of a network, but before we started talking recording, we talked about you had 10 fathers, 10 dads who are your network where they like your support system. I want you to touch on that a little bit where how have those people helped you become a better dad, husband, yep. but at the same time balancing all of that into entrepreneurship as well, because this is a juggling act. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So shout out to my C3 network. That is, you know, the guys that I rock with, that's Cognac Conversations and Cigars. Right, get no together doubt. regularly and it's 10 of us but what's crazy is that all of our wives got pregnant at the same time so when we had our first kids <laughs> <not> work. They <laughs> were, yeah, bro, it was crazy it was no. like one after one like hey we pregnant we pregnant and it starts from july and yeah. throughout the rest of the calendar 
So yes. that just that we established a bond based on that. And then of course we okay. were first time fathers, but all of us are skilled in so many areas. You know, I'm holding down HR. We have IT, someone that's in the telecommunications area, someone that's in the creative and videography space and mental health and men's awareness. So it's, we touch so many lanes. So our gatherings are crazy because it'll go from, yo, did you see this YouTube video? To having a deep theoretical conversation about breaking down the Bible to, hey, this is what I feel fatherhood should exude. And this is what I'm getting. And this is why I feel, this is how I feel manhood should be portrayed. Like, bro, it goes in waves, but it's so much value that's in that circle. And everybody there is looking to glean from one another. There's no competition. It's all collaboration. And it's a resource pool because we literally just shoot it out. Hey, I'm doing this. What do you think about it? Who knows something about this? And we're able to help each other. Like we literally have people that are in the group that I've been able to partner with just on the HR side to help them really earn the money that they should be making. Go literally to a six figure position because they were, you know, not they didn't know their worth because that's not their lane. Yeah, so just yeah. being able to sharp, sharpen each other, hold one another accountable, but just also being able to talk to somebody that understands this thing called fatherhood and this husband lane, because it can be complex yeah. sometimes, especially as a business sure. owner and managing it all. So we get into all of that in that circle. Okay. Yeah, that's really sad, dope. Man. That's, that's really dope. Yeah, man. I think a lot of people, especially a lot of new entrepreneurs don't, really un understand the value of mentorship and brotherhood yeah. during this process. And to be honest, that's a foundational piece. Again, Brandon, just using our relationship as an example, if you really push came to shove, and we have talked about this, especially in regards to my mentorship, I have someone in my network that I met 15 years ago that I could easily call up, say, yo, what's going on? I need you to provide your service over here. Let's get this back together. And I think a lot of people truly underestimate that. One, because I think the pandemic made people a lot more isolated. But like you just said, Brandon, man, it's necessary. You know, you got to get out. We outside now. Those like-minded people. <laughs> yeah, we outside. Like-minded brothers that you can sit with, talk about life, not just business with. Yo, that's a yeah. key foundational piece. I mean, to hey, Ralph, to add to what you said, Ruth, yeah. it's funny. Well, we were just talking about that where I said we met Brandon like 15 years ago. Yeah. And it's a relationship from then on because then we weren't in, behind computers like we are a lot more now. And we've been able to keep and nurture that relationship. So people met a lot. I mean, he invited us to networking events in Long Beach and different places and things like that. And today we're able to lean on that relationship. And obviously today I say people utilize, I mean, technology has helped more yeah. like a different kind of networking where I don't need to know you, meet you, but at the same time, it is important that you keep these relationships because they do help in the future or uh, at any time. And that's what the benefit of this is. That this is what's happening and manifesting right now in front of our eyes, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the importance of genuine relationship building is being lost just with the burst of technology. And like you said, with the pandemic. But I'll say this, when it comes to every job that I've ever had, all of those employers are now my clients because of the relationships I was able yeah. to facilitate and yeah. building bridges with people. You know, you never leave on bad terms. Even with my last employer, it was all love. It's look, this is what I'm asking. You can't accommodate that, but this is a solution I'm going to give you and I'm going to make sure you're in great hands. 
I couldn't have given them a two week notice. I gave them a three three months notice and trained my replacement. Yeah. And still answer calls yeah. after I left. And literally now they're hitting me up. Hey, can you do this? We're in a bind. We need you. Yeah. All my past employees are my parents. What if your clothing choices could make a difference in your community? Introducing Royal Dynamite, a t-shirt line founded in Los Angeles with deep roots in Sierra Leone. Our founders met in the U.S. with a passion for streetwear and a commitment to giving back to their community. With every t-shirt purchase, we donate a portion of our profits to support education and entrepreneurship programs in Sierra Leone and other parts of the world. Our t-shirts not only represent your personal style, but also your dedication to community and making a difference in the world. Join us in creating a world where your clothing choices are statement pieces and an extension of who you are. Shop now and make an impact. Use the discount code for 20% off your purchase, FAMBABRD20, F-A-M-B-A-B-R-D-20. This will give you 20% off your first purchase. Go to royaldynamite.com, R-O-Y-A-L-D-Y-N-A-M-I-T-E, royaldynamite.com. Really, that's, really that's important information, man. Exactly. Don't burn the bridges, people. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Don't ever burn that. That's you a key gem. Know. Exactly. That's a key yeah. gem. But again, you know, that, that's all based off the foundation. And I really want to, I really want to get into a few aspects of business, Brandon, and one of them being the foundation that you built. But I want to come from two perspectives. The foundation that you had to build in order to sustain as this entrepreneur now outside of the corporate world. And you can get down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, I had to go and structure up and I'll see whatever it was. I want to hear about that foundation. And then I want to talk about the foundation that you help new entrepreneurs or even current entrepreneurs build from an HR perspective to make sure that their business is solid to move forward. So when I, you know, decided that I was going to move forward with being the HR guy, the first thing I did was a lot of prayer. And once I got all of my confirmations, I then had a really in-depth conversation with my wife. And I feel like that's where that needs to start because everything that it was going to take for me to be able to build this I wanted there to be a clear understanding of, you know, this is going to be a time commitment. I may not be as available or, you know, when I'm focused on something, I'm mentally there. So that may affect the, you know, the emotional availability that I may have, or I may not be as present or as in attentive or intentional as I normally am. So I felt like that was a great starting point because she knew that, look, this is going to be a sacrifice and we may not be able to have our date nights as frequently as we do. Or I may need to put in some long hours and I want you to make sure that you're okay with that because it's completely different from how we're doing things now. So once we were able to have that conversation, then I hit the ground running. It was establishing my business plan and writing it out. Because again, when you're a consultant, I know a lot, but I also had to be very strategic about what I was going to offer as a product or as a service. Because as HR, I started as a recruiter. I have 10 years in the game as a recruiter. I don't offer that as a service for my business. No. I'll do everything from A to Z except hiring. I'll outsource it all day or I'll refer you. But I had to strategically plan to figure out what I was going to offer to bring my clients the most value and what was going to be fulfilling for me. And I love recruitment. No shade to anybody that does it, but that's just not what gets me. I want to be in the trenches. I want to help you build. And once it's there, we go from there. So it was establishing what I was going to offer as a business. Of course, sitting down with my CPA to get the structure together. 
Like, hey, this is what I'm anticipating earning in terms of revenue. How should my business be structured? I know it should be at C, but I also know I'm going to go above that 50K. So let's go ahead and structure as an escort. Let's make sure we got all of these things into place. Business accounts. I need to have my QuickBooks in place. All of those different systems and things. I needed to make sure all of that was done. So I hit the checkbox on all of that. And then it was figuring out how I'm going to market to my clients. I wanted to go the website route, you know, making sure that if someone looked me up, they knew exactly what I had to offer. So I'm a marketing background. So I was able to design my own website and put a lot of time and energy into that. But then also tapping in with other professionals to have them check it for me and add their enhancements and such. And then it was coming up with a campaign. How am I going to launch this? People know that I work in HR, but it was establishing a social media presence. So starting to build up my content on IG, putting out educational content just to start getting people into the vein of learning about, well, what is HR? Because that's always the question I get. People just think it's hiring and firing and they don't know all the stuff that we do. So it was establishing, you know, that persona and then figuring out, well, what does your client intake process look like? You know, when you have that initial meeting, what are you looking to overview with them? What are you going to, how are you going to get the information so then you can tell them what solutions they need based on the products that you offer? So that was my process of kind of building it together from scratch. And I similarly use that same type of approach when I deal with the new entrepreneur. As I said before, they go through a very thorough intake process. We go through probably a 50 question questionnaire and it goes over how's your business structured? How many employees do you have? What states do you operate in? Because if we're setting up payroll, there's so many different facets of compliance that have to be tapped into. So I follow that same line. And once I get that questionnaire done, I kind of give them an analysis. So this is like, hey, this is your blueprint. This is what you want to build. This is one. This is what it's going to take. And I know for certain business owners, some of them may not have the capital to afford that extensive plan right away. So I give them options. And then I also tell them, because some people think like, well, I just need to hire someone for HR 24-7. Not necessarily. You know, I'm not about people spending money that they don't need to spend. So I'm very conscious of telling them this is what you need out the gate to accomplish this goal. But they also got to make sure that they're clear on what their goals are. So we do a lot in that process, but ultimately it results in a sustainable and a strong foundation. Yeah, man, you got so much um, for information real. in that. And I think I, a lot of what I get, like, I mean, and just kind of like summarizing the whole thing, it's like, you're talking about, it's important to have that conversation with your spouse when you go into entrepreneurship. Like, Facts. Man, I that's the primary relationship. That's that's right. Yeah, yeah, because if that person is on, this doesn't agree with you, then you're already setting yourself up for massive failure because it doesn't matter what you want to do. It's almost like that's going to be the thing that keeps pulling you down. So I love that. And and you're so thorough in everything. I mean, 50-page questionnaire, just making sure they tick off all the boxes. I mean, it's similar to what we talk about in our framework when we tell people that when you start a business, yep. these are the things that you need to go through to make sure you don't miss a beat. If Why do you need to be an escort? Why do you need to be this and all those things? And just expectations. I mean, setting expectations for them to not, because like you say, we all dreamers, and in entre- yeah. and every if you meet an entrepreneur who's not a dreamer, then they can they don't need to be an entrepreneur, but they have to <laughs> be realistic. Exactly. And there goes an expectation. So I'm glad you mentioned that. And coming to another thing, like Ralph was saying, you help people launch their businesses. A lot of people launch their businesses from an HR perspective, and that's a lot. It's not just one thing. 
Now, what tools do you normally embrace? I mean, from an HR, this is more for the HR folks to help people get their jobs done, to make sure you are doing something for them. What tools do you embrace to make sure these things happen? Now, this is where technology comes in. Or just other tools. It doesn't have to be just technology, but what tools and things that, like resources do you put in place to make sure people are set up properly? Yeah. So first, when it comes to, you know, setting up their business, I'm a big advocate for automation. I feel like okay. if you're going to operate off of an Excel spreadsheet, which are great, but there are so many ways where you can have everything streamlined. So the first thing I push is setting up an HRIS, which is a human resources information system. And so what that does is that allows you to handle everything within your business in one system. So that's your payroll. That's your core HR. That's your compliance. If you're a business that has to do training and development like sexual harassment, or if you have to have customer service training or OSHA training, you can have all of those things happen in that system. So when we're building out your infrastructure, what we'll do is we put all of the raw ingredients and then customize it and add it to that system. So everything is in one place. I'm all about the click of a button, process your payroll from your phone. If you need to hire somebody, you can throw that job posting out from the same system. If you need to fire somebody, you can do it from that same system. So automation is a big key for me. So I spend a lot of time with doing a lot of system demos. I'm resource geeks. So I'm into like, hey, what is this system? Let me get a demo. Let me understand how it works. Give me a sandbox login. I want to play with it. So when I have my meetings with my team and with my clients, I'm able to tell them different solutions and resources that are out there based on their business needs, their headcount size, and what they're looking to do. Right. Oh, okay. Man, that's really? so dope, man. That's some good stuff. I think it's, it's important people know that these things exist. And I mean, there's so many. Now, just throw out some names because I could think of them because I'm always going back to my corporate experience of like there's a system I have to log into, but for a small entrepreneur... Like what kind of an HRS system like would they look into? I mean, because they would look into it, but they're still getting somebody like you to kind of help set it up. Set it up, yeah. Yeah. So I would say what and the things what I like about these systems, especially the ones that are for more for small business, is they're easy to set up. The user experience is super easy. So I would say something okay. like a gusto. Gusto is killing the game right now in terms gusto. of payroll, yeah. but it's a, a total HRIS gusto. solution. I was actually able to meet the CEO at a conference in San Francisco, kill it. Gusto, I would say for small business, Bamboo HR is another great one. But then for for those business owners, yeah, for those business owners that have merchant accounts like Square and PayPal, they also have systems that are now becoming full HRIS systems as well. So you can easily integrate it so you don't have to have multiple systems. You can do everything all in one place. Again, it okay. just really depends on your style of business and what it is you're trying to accomplish. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Well, well, Brendan, I know that, you know, first of all, that's very great game. I've heard of Gusto and Bamboo, especially when I was on my, I'm sure, Instagram or my phone. They I heard Gusto my gripes. from you, Ralph. Like, yeah, yeah. probably so. <laughs> they probably heard my gripes about HR and, you know, those ads started hitting me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you already know what phones do. But now, Brandon, you know, I know a lot of these listeners would be wondering, you know, this all sounds good and dandy, but funding has to occur. I need the capital to purchase this system or to pay monthly on this system and build this thing. So in this lane, it is funding an important piece of growing this business. So 
from being the HR guy in, in your transition, was funding an important factor? And then if so, can we unpack that a little bit? Second, what is necessary you know, to really come in and get an HR system really set up for your business financially? Got it. So I'm going to answer that twofold. Perfect. So when it came to before I started being the HR guy, I actually attended the Circle of CEOs conference in Atlanta. And there was so much game that was unpacked there. It was crazy. But one of the biggest things that I took away was from Marcus, who, of course, is now one of my clients and biggest partners out there. But he's all about being able to leverage credit and understanding just how important it is and what it can really do for you from a business a, a aspect and even personally. But I took away from that just the ABCs and one, two, threes of business funding. And what that looked like. And if you did need to have capital to be able to start a business, everything that you can do. So I would say before I started, I actually made the investment to become financially literate, which I think a lot of people were backwards is, oh, I'm going to start a business, but now I'm trying to understand business funding, or I don't understand how the credit bureaus work and all of that. So that's first and foremost is being financially literate. But when you're starting your business, it goes back to that essential planning is if I'm going to start a business, what are my startup costs going to include? That's your operating expenses. If you're going to have an employee, what is the going rate or the market rate for that particular employee? So a lot of this I do with my intake process with my clients, because those are things that they haven't thought of. Everybody just wants to jump out there and start a business, but you got to understand that it takes money to make money. So if you don't have anything to start with, then that's the first thing I do is I send them in that direction. Like, hey, you need to be recession proof for EYL University powered by recession proof to become financially literate so that you can understand how you can obtain the capital to start these different endeavors. But for me personally, there wasn't what I love about my business is there wasn't high startup costs. Everything that I needed, I already had. The biggest thing for me was it was the knowledge that I needed. I needed knowledge. I needed a computer. It was in the middle of a yep. pandemic. So everything was yep. done virtually. And I was able to start racking up revenue that way. And any expenses that came after that, such as my subscription and the systems that I now have, my yep. revenue from that initial zero operating cost startup, I was able to knock yep. all of that out. Yep. Man, really dope, man. And this goes into growth because I think you're in HR and you deal with a lot of small businesses in the start because, I mean, and we're all trying to figure it out. What's your advice to them on growing and scaling, especially as it comes to employees? Because I think, I think we've all been there. Ralph's been yep. there. I've been there. Yep. I mean, with RD, with the franchise and all that stuff when it comes to scaling you scale and then you realize I can't handle this stuff. I don't know how to deal with these people. So what's your advice to people on growing and scaling, especially as it deals with employees? Yes. So when it comes to adding before, I tell all of my clients, before you add to your headcount, have a thorough understanding and knowledge of what your current employee base is doing. Because a lot of CEOs aren't in the ground, in the trenches. So they don't understand what's happening operationally. Yeah. And they don't understand if that one, if that productivity level is as close to 100% as possible. So I like to do those measurements of going into the workforce. And if it's like, say your customer service, let's look at what they're doing. Are they busy at a 100% time of the day? What is the, you know, the adoption rate of all of the systems that you have? How are they servicing your clients? Like what's the satisfaction rate? kind of doing for you. 
I think you have to really do your due diligence and understanding what your current base is doing before you start adding on other people. And then when you want to scale, the most important part is who is going to be the people manager. I always say in business, you have three roles. You have your visionary, you have your operator and your stabilizer. If you're scaling, you need to have a really strong operator that's going to be that people manager that's going to make sure that they're being productive, that they have all of the enhancements and the encouragement that they need, as well as the training. Certain people just get put into jobs and they're expected to produce, but you didn't tell them how to produce it or how to, you know, or how you want it done. So I feel like that's there has to be some homework before you start scaling. And a lot of people fail to do that. And then they get all of these people and it's overwhelming because who's managing them? Did you know if they were effective with the first round of people before you added more? Like if you had a toxic group and you didn't know, now you're just merging all of that in and it's just one big toxic group. Right, cool. (laughs) That's so dope, man. Yeah, man, that's great, man. Great info, guys. For everyone listening on this, this guy, Brandon, has given out so many different gems. And when I call these things gems, it's because... The game that he's given now has been tried and tested by myself, by Cecil, by thousands of entrepreneurs. It's not cliche, guys. It's totally necessary, man. So, Brandon, thanks for that, man. That was a, a great synopsis of you as a family man and how you use your family and things to pursue your family's dreams and maintain your family's lifestyle. Just beautiful to see, man. I know you're on the trajectory right now, man. I can Damn. formally say that, and I know you will claim it. You're on a crazy trajectory. It's beautiful to see. You got a lot of stuff coming up, but please let us know, man. Any upcoming projects? What do you have coming up, man? Yeah. So as I mentioned before, my my two-year anniversary is coming up on July 21st. And that's just a big moment for me because, again, this started a lot faster than I anticipated. So I'm definitely celebrating with that. But in true HR fashion, I want to give and support and partner with people even more. So I have an awesome resource guide. And an ebook that's going to be coming out that I'm going to be offering that gives a lot of the information that we talked about today and breaks it down in a digestible format that anybody that's looking to start a business or that is in business can use as a reference. I'm on this, I guess, this educational tour right now with Him 500. We're doing these business boot camps in Atlanta that have been a great turnout. We're doing some one-on-one type of training, really intimate. Thank you really intimate type of education format where I'm doing the HRP. So we have another one coming up July 22nd and 23rd in Atlanta. And then I'm excited about Invest Best. I'm going to be a panel moderator. Let's go. Man, being able to touch bases with some really great business leaders. And I'm going to be talking to them about similar things that we discussed today, but really tapping into their minds through the lenses of trajectory, resource, and strategy, and just allowing people to just see the human side of them. And of right. course, get some gems and resources so they can too be in that seat one day. That's what's up. That's big stuff. Congratulations to all of that source. Where Thank can you, the bro. listeners find you online to find all of these gems that you've given? So- my website, beinthehrguide.com. You can find a lot of resources there, but my IG is probably where you can get a majority of the gems and that's BN underscore the HR guy. It's an education page. So I like to give as many gems and just different perspectives as I possibly can for business owners, things you may have not thought of and just insight. So check it out. Hey, I know I go on there to get some HR game, man. I always say <laughs> this at the end of the day, 
Right. You got if you want to even get better at anything, the internet is not what it was 20, 30 years nah, ago. There's man. so much resources that's oh, yeah. free that at least get yourself acquainted first with what you're trying to understand before. I mean, because I always say it's like investing. You don't just go give someone a hundred grand because you have it and say, hey, do it for me and give me my return on the investment, because that's what you said. You need to at least understand what you're getting yourself into. So when you decide to make that investment and be an HR guy, at least you're familiar with him. It, the, the, the relationship is, that's what the internet allows us to do. It allows you to yeah. talk to people like you've known them for a long time yep. because yep. they have given you so much information that you're like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because I heard you say it six weeks ago. Like, and you're like, but yeah. you weren't in the ring. Like, so right, I mean, <laughs> thanks very much. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. So, I mean, thank you guys. Thank you very much for giving all this good game. And now we want to end it where I'm going to ask you three questions that hopefully helps the audience become better family man building brands. So you're going to throw out quick answers and hopefully they're insightful and good for the people out there. So the first one is you meet a new entrepreneur. What's the first piece of advice you give them? Don't rush into anything. Make sure that you have a solid game plan because this isn't just a fad. It's not just a trend. You want this to be a timeless move and endeavor. So the more you can plan and have it well thought out, the better you can execute. Awesome. Cool. So the second one is what digital resources will help them greatly? I would say just a resource for organization, because as a business owner, you can't be all willy nilly and have things all over the place. So there's Asana is out there with like project management. But if you have an iPhone, just use yeah. it to do just literally listing out things so that you can keep track of it. There's so many things that are on our minds daily. If you don't write it down, you're going to forget the ballish drop business as well. I, I will endorse the to-do app. It's like a, it's like right. writing and scratching things off. So you yeah. get it there, you do it quickly and you scratch it off and it's like scribbling on a piece of paper. Last one is what advice would you give to a new father and a husband who is looking to embark on this entrepreneurial journey? Involve your CEO and that's your wife, your spouse. That person is going to be in this journey with you. There is unlimited advice and value that they can add, but the only way that they can do that is if they're involved and you guys communicate, let them know what's going on with you. So then that way, if you are frustrated with the business, they don't think that it's associated with them and it messes up that relationship dynamic. The best thing you can do is have good communication and connection with your spouse. Man, doing stuff, man. Ralph and I really appreciate you giving. Of course. I mean, this is like small time, but it's so much good information that's going to help people, especially like I mean, you and I talked about this. HR is such an important piece of, of people growing their businesses. And we wanted people to get this early on to understand that you're not scaling without understanding the people's side of the business, the standard operating procedures. This guy puts it together for you. So sure. make sure you reach out. To him, Brandon, thank you very much for this. We appreciate your time, man. Everyone, hope you enjoyed this one, man. Until next time. Thank you. Salute to you guys. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Of course. No doubt, man. Thank you very much. We appreciate your time. That's it for today's episode of Family Man 